I'm the Drunken Church Ladies. Yay! I am the Rev here with the wife known as Sister Petty. And we have our special guest today, Seppi Shine. And I'm going to tell you, Seppi sent us a, a great bio of who she is and her whole deal. But I want you all to know how Seppi came into our lives. So Alana Roche is a West Hollywood promoter. And we met her out and about. And Alana invited us to... Seppi's Seppi had a fundraiser when she was running for a city council person in West Hollywood. And my wife and I both RSVP'd and oh, oh, Siri's jumping into the conversation. Siri's like live. Yes. <laughs> uh, my wife and I both RSVP'd and we did not show up. But Seppi was dedicated. <laughs> I think the wife might have actually slipped her some money. So she recognized that when you have a donor that you've never met, Maybe you should hunt them down. But I'm sure we've donated to campaigns before and no person running for office has ever come to look nope. for us. So Seppi, person. Yes, showed up at our door in West Hollywood to introduce herself. And she has been an advocate and supporter for us every step that of the way. That $5 went a long way, y'all. <laughs> it really did. Seppi is the person who recommended me to be the keynote speaker at Dyke March this year. And I really want, I, she's a great example of women really supporting other women. This is a yes. woman who really puts her blood, sweat, and tears in giving back to the community. And she's always out doing something. I honestly didn't think we'd be able to get her for this because she's always doing important work. And I felt yes. like getting drunk with us on a podcast might be a lot, a much to ask. But I'm she grateful that. She's a twin. She's everywhere. Right? <laughs> I'm grateful that she said yes to us. She always says yes to us. And I'm grateful for that. Showed up to she our housewarming with jobs. presents. <laughs> yes, with presents from the company that she owns and runs. So, Seppi, introduce yourself. Tell, tell the people hello. Hi, everyone. So I'm Seppi Shine. Um, let's see. I'm an attorney and I'm also a Reiki master energy healer. Yeah. Uh, teacher. What does and, that mean? A Reiki master energy? And an animal communicator. So Reiki is two words. Rei is two Japanese words. And it's Rei is higher wisdom. Ki is universal life force energy. So similar to Chi. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard chi mm -hmm. in Japanese, it's ki. Mm -hmm. And so as a Reiki healer, what I do is I channel this positive universal life force energy through me to my clients. So it's basically mm -hmm. hands-on healing. And it So there's your... touching? Yeah. Oh. So I lay my hands The wife on is my very anti-touching. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why she needed to know. <laughs> I was like, can you align my chakras without touching me? Like, like, yeah, like actually, some chakra aligning yeah, energy? Yeah, okay. I do. I do. So my energy healing sessions, it's not just Reiki. I um, balance chakras with a pendulum. I scan your aura and I'm able to feel if you have blocks or energy parasites or, you know, little spirit hitchhikers and negative energies and blocks mm. attached to you and I remove them. And then I lay crystals on the body for healing. And then we do a meditation together. And mm -hmm. I bring this special healing light that runs through your body uh, while oh, I wow. give you Reiki. And if you don't like to be touched, it doesn't have to be. I can hover my hands over you right. and you still feel the Reiki. If my masseuse could get, get some right. of that going. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. a little harder. Get the kinks out. Get yeah. the kinks out without, without touching touch me. me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my Reiki master can do. Yeah. So that's what I do. Me. There was a, a thing you, you said, Reiki, animal communicator is what came after that. Yeah. So um, are you familiar with Asia Voigt? Is that name ring a bell to you? Mm -mm. She, she, I just don't know how common she is. She, she's an animal communicator as well. Awesome. 
um, I know her from Milwaukee and um, we, we had dinner when she was in LA and talked about the process of Animal Communicator and how um, for her, she has this crazy story of how she literally died and 90% of her body was burned and like in the afterlife had a conversation with God and made a conscious choice to come back and be an animal communicator. And now that's what she does. So like the story that I know is like insane. Um, how did you come to be an animal communicator? Can you tell us about what that is? And also sure. I'd love to know how, what, like how, you know, how to move energy and to sure. heal people. Mm. So I've always, since I was little, been very spiritual and and had uh, healing abilities. I just didn't know what to do with them. What I used to do before I ever took my Reiki course and Reiki energy healing class um, with my Reiki master is I would suck in people's pain through one hand and basically move it through my body and out the other hand, which is very dangerous. And mm. I, if anyone on this uh, audience of this podcast listening, don't ever do that. Okay. Hmm. Because what'll happen is these blocks can form in, in the person that's doing that and it's, it's dangerous for them. So I actually went through this whole um, transformation period in my life, dark night of the soul, whatever you want to call it. I moved here. I was going through a separation from my ex and I had gotten laid off. I was in Northern California and then I moved here um, and I had a spiritual reawakening. I started meditating and just expanding my consciousness. And I had a creative renaissance because I'm also a poet. So I write a lot of poetry. Because she doesn't do enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I also ha started having severe anxiety and then which spiraled into depression for the first time in my life. And I would go to the doctor. I went twice to the, to the the emergency, not emergency, urgent care, because I thought I was having a heart attack when I was at work. Um, and so they kept telling me, no, you basically have severe anxiety. Here's some Xanax. Now, Xanax, I'm not a fan of. It, for me, did not work very well. I, I, I think I used it twice. And then it literally made the depression worse. And so I was at a really low point in my well-being. And I had a dream about a friend of mine who had been diagnosed with metastasized melanoma. Mm. Um, and the doctors had given her six months to live, but she ended up living 22 months. And part of the alternative healing that she did in um, addition to chemo and radiation was Reiki. And she had told me about this, uh, you know, years before, not too many years, but the prior year. And so she came into my dream one night. Now, by the way, she ended up living 22 months, but she came into my dream after she transitioned and crossed over and she was wearing red, pushing a red cart. So I woke up and I thought, oh my gosh, Megan is telling me go learn Reiki. Maybe that'll help me. So I manifested a Reiki master, took the course about three months and I was living in Long Beach at the time, ended up moving to West Hollywood um, and... I started my business solely loom and I just started getting clients so mm. easily because this is really my life purpose, which mm. is to illuminate. Mm. That's awesome. And when you go through learning energy healing, every different person, because now I teach Reiki too, and all my students each have different gifts. So my first mm. gift was being able to really connect with trees and flowers and bushes, I would literally feel like I was hearing them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I could 
I guess, communicate with trees. Really, that was the first thing. And then I could see chakras. And at first they looked dark and light. Light is open and clear. Dark was closed and needed balancing. Do you see the world that way? Like when you walk down the street, do you see people's chakras? I don't open up my third eye when mm. I'm outside. Yeah. So I wouldn't like look at you here because That's where violent. I do my healing is very, <laughs> is very, is very protected. <laughs> I'm just like walking down the street. Yeah. People looking at my shit. Exactly. Like, hey, exactly. I'm like, exactly. third eyes at you. No, oh, I, you know, looking at me with your third eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had to develop strong boundaries. And part of that is mm. only doing healing work in my home because I have a lot of protection there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I get migraines if I'm mm. out somewhere and I oh, open it's up. it's too much going It's on. too much. Can you imagine than everything and so um that's why i don't like being around people half the time because you this you see them much. with your third eye mm, all right much. so Thank with you. the animals it was just um another gift that opened up and i started um communicating so it was after the trees you were able to hear the trees and the flowers the trees Did, and was the it flowers. like a day in particular that one day you walked outside and, and like your your dog's name is Chloe, right? Chloe. Yeah. Um, like, did Chloe just say something to you one day and you're like, oh. So no, it was before Chloe actually because okay. I had my cat Bastet was my first is my first pet, um, and I rescued her in 2010, and I've always felt so I love animals so much, but mm-hmm. this is the first time I had a a, a pet, and um. I felt like I could really understand her, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know we were communicating Mm -hmm. at the time. And then I started doing um, healing sessions. Uh, Actually, I was hired to do, I started doing the pet healing sessions first, but not the animal communication (coughs) portion. Okay, so I actually started doing Reiki for pets. And then what, what ended up happening is, I, I don't even know if there was a one moment. It was just um, with my own animals and feeling like there's such a strong connection and then realizing that, oh, I can actually communicate with them. This is because I saw my wife and she wasn't able to. And I thought, oh, okay, so this must be a gift because she's not able to do it. And it, it's not just that we're guardians and that's why. Hmm. And so then I... Uh, sat down with my cat Amira because Amira and Iman are our Siamese, Lynx Boy Siamese, a rescue mm-hmm. cats, and they're twins. And um, Iman is very close to me. Amira is very close to Ashley. So I was like, let me talk to her and figure out why she um, isn't, you know, why she just like she pushes me away all the time. She's just stuck to Ashley. Mm-hmm. It just felt like she's her cat. So we had this conversation and I was like, oh, I'm going to incorporate animal communication into my pet healing so session. What was the co- what, so what, why did she like Ashley more? Oh, <laughs> so she, she's, she was in a, in a prior life with Ashley. She was her cat. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there was some kind of um, fire and so they, wait, the they cat, got separated. The cat remembered that in the a cat, previous version of the cat's life. In a previous version of Ashley's life. Yes. That they were homies. That is incredible. To be able like to know that somebody, something, some animal in your life was was with you in mm-hmm. a previous one. Mm-hmm. And the cat is the one that had this information. That is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's mind-blowing yeah. right there. Oh, I mean, the animals are so connected to, mm. to source. Mm. And they are all very in tune with their gifts. 
we all have gifts. It's just a matter of being in tune with what they are and really integrating back into um, our connection with source and light or God or whatever you, you know, you believe. You know, honestly, I was personally like, I'm somebody who believes in reincarnation. And honestly, I was feeling like I wasn't enjoying my human life enough because I might come back as something else like a cat. But this actually gives me hope to know that that whatever I come back as, chances are I'm probably going to be more connected to source than I am now. Because I have to work hard yeah. at, and I'm I'm honestly, I'm not good at it. The whole thing about me being a minister was not, because it was such an accidental experience for me. Mm-hmm. I was taking classes, trying to deal with the circumstances of my life and became mm-hmm. a minister in the process. So it's not as if I have some sort of personal relationship to God that is of, of higher than anyone else. Mm-hmm. I'm just committed to it and speak openly about my journey. But the idea of coming back is something else that that is has that sort of connection innate and I don't have to work at it gives me a little peace. I appreciate you sharing that, Seppi. Yeah. Well, actually, let me share this story about my cat, Iman. Mm. So Amira told me that Iman was in their life in a previous life, but he was a, a boy. And he was actually Ashley's oh. son. This is what wow. Amira told me. And Amira was always very protective of him. And she always he always beats her up. And we're like, why don't you protect yourself? But she was always like, no. Kind of like big sister mm-hmm. taking a beating from her little brother mm-hmm. type. Always protecting him. So it kind of made sense that she still felt like she's there to protect the family, mm. uh, the human family, even though he's a cat now. So about a month and a half ago, I had a dream and Iman was a man in my dream, but it was him. And he looked like Troy, very ancient looking. He wasn't from this time period. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I called my friend Marjan. My friend Marjan is a very, very powerful healer and she only heals healers. So she's the only one I allowed oh, wow. to heal me. And she and I have had many um, other lives together where we've been healers. And so... um when we were reunited in this one, we're like, oh, we have mission here together, right? So one of the things that she does is she sees um, past lives. It's past lives, but it's really parallel lives because, you know, that's another topic. Uh, but Like Inception? <laughs> like, uh... Uh, so she told me, so I told her this whole story in this dream, and she said, oh. So she tuned in and she said, Iman was a human in your past life. He was actually your servant Mm. and he was in love with you. He was like so in love with you, but you could never be together. You would never consider it and he could never be with you. So he literally chose to come back as your cat in this life so he could be close to you and get affection. And he is so affectionate and cuddly and he's just like, it was really, it was really romantic, actually, that he would come back as a cat. Interesting. Yeah, I would be sad. I, we had this thing yeah. where like animals come up, and I'm not really an animal person uh-huh. to be honest. I don't hate me. Animals will come and like get on my lap or do something uh. with, and I'm just like, now with this whole past life thing you're mentioning, I'm be looking at them suspect. Like, do I know you? <laughs> maybe, I always maybe say it's because so. her face is so cute. <laughs> Babies I'm and like, animals babies love too. her, and I'm kind of like, get away with your drooling. Yeah, you do it too much, my um. Director brought her baby in the other day, and this kid just kept looking at me. At first, I thought maybe it's because I'm black and he hasn't seen a lot of black people. It's because her face is cute. But anyway, another black yes. person came up and he still kept looking at me. So, like I said, her face is cute. <laughs> On to what we drinking. Seppi is drinking Crystal Geyser water 
provided by our fa- our fantastic podcast producer Josh. And I am drinking <laughs> peanut butter milk stout. It is from Belchin Beaver, and I know this whole everything I just said sounds ridiculous, but it is delicious. It's mm-hmm. literally my favorite beer, and I'm so glad that my wife brought it for me today. And the wife is drinking some beer rosé that, that is awful. somebody like left at the left house the, the other day. <laughs> and I'm glad she didn't bring that for me because my peanut butter milk stout from Belgian Bieber is off the chain. Awesome. And I like that this this um, can kind of matches my outfit. Yes, the can does match your outfit. You should uh, post Let me a, get selfie a selfie. Lady. Yeah. Yes, you absolutely. even match the sofa you're sitting on, too. Yes. Everything's a match. So, I'm like extra matching today. Sister Petty, how you been since last month? What is new? I have been good other than this horrific traffic. These fires, of these man. fires, they have been awful. Um, my family came to visit last week, and I took a few days off, and I was really off, like not even entering work email for the first time in my career. That was lovely and therapeutic. And I was all zen, you know, coming back to work until the freaking fires, and I'm sitting in traffic for like, Three hours on a normal, like, normal 50-minute commute. That was pretty awful. For the first time today, I missed a meeting. Like, straight up missed it. My meeting was at 10 a.m. I left my house at 8 a.m. this morning and never, ever got there. And at some point, you know, I was texting my boss, like, ah, it doesn't look like this is going to happen. I don't know what to do. And he said, just try anyway. And around... As as the minutes were clicking and the ETA kept moving, and at some point it, the meeting was clearly going to be over, I'm still nowhere nearby. Mm-hmm. I ended up turning around, and I realized when I turned around, I'd gone like a mile and a half in the two hours that I had been sitting that there. So maddening. <laughs> never going in that direction again. GPS completely sent me off. This is what happens when you move to a new neighborhood and don't know how to get around the city. So that lesson has officially been learned. And I guess that's how I'm doing. I'm in the same boat as you where um, I am also sad about these fires. But on the bright side, in the three hours that I spent in the car, because I had another hour of turning around and then just going to work after that point, uh, Miss Petty and I had a wonderful, revealing conversation about our communication. I think that every married couple, you've all got your challenges, that things that uh, pervade over the course of a relationship and me and Miss Miss Petty has been doing a wonderful job of not living up to her name by making an active <laughs> effort to be yes. to really let go of pettiness nice. and operate from a place of love. So it I feel like we we really made a breakthrough in the car while we were both in traffic together on the phone with each other. So I'm grateful for that. And it reminds me of this hashtag that we are kicking off that for both Spirit Uncensored, our spiritual community, and for Drunken Church Ladies, we'll be using the hashtag Gratitude Uncensored to really highlight things that are, that are happening that we can choose to be grateful for, that you can find opportunities for gratitude while stuck in traffic and missing a meeting, that instead of being stressed out about the fact that I missed a meeting with an executive from Amazon, like it's a big deal for me that I never got to meet this person, but recognizing that what is for me is for me. And ultimately, what what was meant for me was to have a conversation with my wife about my marriage. That's, that's what needed important. to happen. You don't know that executive. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Gratitude Uncensored. How from, you, yeah, go I, ahead. I was going to say, one thing that's been awesome for me is that because of the traffic, I found some really great podcasts, and I took the certification test 
based on just a lot of what I learned in a podcast and past it. It was pretty cool. That's cool. I like to dance in my car. Ooh. So I just put on music and I completely visualize myself doing a whole dance performance concert because I love to dance and my friends call me the dancing queen. So I just have this whole, and it makes traffic. It, it doesn't matter if I'm in traffic, if I'm not. I just put on my favorite beats. And people are always like waving. It's fun. I have a whole party. <laughs> the, I was just talking about that today. I saw in our, a lady in our, dancing. our <laughs> fire conversation, we were talking about the lady dancing. She was really Ms. good. Miss Petty it. saw her. <laughs> That's so cool. I'm going to move on to our crazy slash shitty story of the month. And I'm calling it the shitty story of the month because this story is literally about some it's it's literally a shitty story. It is there's Ugh, a an agent because nasty. I work in entertainment. I just found this crazy. So there's an agent, Spencer Baumgarten, that was an agent at CAA where I work. So mm-hmm. I, I knew this guy's name. And then he went on to ICM, which is a similar rival kind of agency. And this man got fired. So it happens all the time. I think in my head I probably assumed it was a me too type situation. But it turns out the reason <laughs> that he got fired is somebody shit on the bathroom floor at ICM and somebody said that it was him. And he said, it wasn't me. And he he is suing ICM for firing him, for blaming him, for shitting on the floor. <laughs> now, I honestly don't, I have, I have no clue. This was in Deadline Hollywood. And when wow. I came across this in the middle of the day, I was like, I just, this, because this man is so established. Like, he's a very... Like just important executive that makes Mm -hmm. a lot of money for the agency. And the fact that Me Too is a thing means that we've been the entertainment industry has generally ignored the (laughs) fact that powerful people rape women and are able to keep their jobs. So the fact that this guy got fired for shitting on the floor and he says he didn't do it is all very questionable to me because I would think. If they if they if they will let you keep your job because you raped a woman, but they're like, oh no, we draw the line. Mm, that's too out there. Shitting on, on the, the floor. floor. <laughs> well, it was in the men's bathroom. Some men were affected yeah. and, oh. and disgusted. That's that a is good a point. point. That is a really good point, Seppi. That happened when I worked at a um, TV big TV station, Fox. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. say it. There, they sent emails out saying that someone on multiple days crapped on the men's bathroom floor. Yes. I mean, that is so multiple disgusting. Days. Wow. Actually, I don't even think they crapped on the floor. This made it seem like they made a mess. So, what kind of disgusting human being plays with oh their own feces and make a mess for other people? Wow! And it had to be someone with the key card. Like, I feel like they never figured out who it was. It was someone oh with the key card because that building was so locked down. Man. Like, you couldn't even get. You couldn't get up without a key card. Uh-huh. I, I couldn't understand why they could never figure it out. One might say that Jesus is weeping over that. Who knows what the real truth is? God only knows. But Jesus, I think, <laughs> is also weeping over this Ed Buck situation. Uh-huh. And I feel like, Seppi, he would do a great job of summarizing who Ed Buck is and why Jesus would be weeping over him. Um. Well... Uh, Jesus is now actually probably uh, feeling better because mm. Ed Buck was actually mm-hmm. arrested finally. So Ed Buck um, is a uh, gay man who lived in West Hollywood, uh, a white gay man who lived in West Hollywood. He moved there from, and there's some inconsistent stories, Nevada or Arizona, that he had some other name and he possibly had a... Um, a um, restraining order against him so he changed his name moved to West Hollywood 
and started getting involved with the city and in politics and um, started paying money to uh, politicians mm. and really helped. John Duran. Um, yeah, uh, John Duran, John D'Amico, actually all the oh, council members too? except, um, yeah, well, he he actually helped D'Amico's campaign a lot wow. and also did this whole um, fur ban that D'Amico helped pass. That was Ed Buck was a big part of that because he loved animals. Um, Not people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, there was, he basically, there was a apparently knowledge in the community that he liked to um, use meth and uh, give meth to other gay men. So apparently it was known, but people kind of were like, no, 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 it's fine. Let's not, let's not talk about that. And um, his first victim is um, a young man, was a young man named Jamel Moore, who was basically murdered by him. Um, And Jamel was a young man who was estranged from his family when he came out, a young black gay man. Um, And so he came to West Hollywood or came to L.A., I believe from Texas, um, and uh, was a sex worker. And so Ed loved to target sex workers and hire them. And then what he'd like to do is uh, pay them for shooting up with meth, so using meth, and then kind of keep paying them until they use more and more meth. And basically, Jamel um, OD'd in his apartment. And um, as a result of Ed Buck paying him to take more and more meth. And so um, he died and the police came and, you know, somebody called 911. And you have police a, came. a dead black prostitute in your yeah. house. Mm-hmm. So he and, wasn't arrested. And he was somebody who was in yeah. good with West Hollywood City Council. Right. So then um, there was a group that was put together named Justice for Jamel and they tried to get Jackie Lacey to bring a charge Who against... Who is Jackie Lacey? Jackie Lacey is the district attorney in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she now says that she there was something wrong that was tampered with. She was actually this this week actually spoke at Stonewall because her election's coming up in November 2020. And um, there's 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 some issues with Jackie Lacey where she, there haven't been enough convictions of police officers under her watch. And so Black Lives Matter does not like Jackie Lacey. She didn't. She walked apparently out of a town hall with them and she's a black woman, too. But mm. Black Lives Matter is like, uh, uh-uh, you are racist the way mm-hmm. you've handled this position. And so um, she, you know, she now is saying, well, we didn't make an arrest because we didn't have witnesses. We didn't have this. We didn't have this. We didn't have that. Fast forward to last, um, I believe Jamel Moore was murdered in uh, 2018. Okay. Yes. And 2019, Timothy Dean was also murdered in Ed Buck's apartment, same exact way. So 
Um, we found early in the year, 2019, just this year. Um, and same thing, a gay black sex worker? No. Not a sex worker. No. Okay. And he was yeah. old. He was an older black gay mm-hmm. man, not a sex worker. Um, just um, like a design interior designer. Right. And, and he was basically OD'd from meth. We weren't there. We don't know what um, Ed Buck gave him or, I mean, he may have forced him to take meth. Who knows? Because his roommate, Timothy Dean's roommate, said, this guy never took meth before. He didn't do this stuff. So this is very suspicious. Mm. Police, I mean, the sheriffs didn't make an arrest again. Um, And... uh, but that made the case a little more high profile. That's mm-hmm. when we found out about it. Yep. Ed Buck lived like mm-hmm. two blocks away from us at the time. Yeah, so two blocks was, away from you, two blocks yeah, away from us. Was, that was the whole thing. Yeah. It, it's it's easier to notice something that's happening literally down the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, um, what is it now? I think a couple of months now. Mm-hmm. A third victim. Escape. Escaped. Escaped. Mm-hmm. And mm. went and called 911. Lived to tell the story. Lived to tell the story of what happened. And now the DA in L.A. said, okay, now we have something to go on. So they arrested Ed Buck and charged him. So the state is charging him with um, running a drug den and, I believe, assault. Mm. But apparently the feds got involved in June. Mm. Now the feds... Because they are able to charge murder, okay? Or, so what they can do is they charge him with drug trafficking. And drug tra- trafficking, there is a um, charge that you could do of murder. So if someone dies as a result of drug trafficking, you can, under the law, charge him with murder. So now oh. they've charged him for the murder of Jamel Moore and Timothy Dean. That's awesome. And so he is... Pretty much. Well, we don't know in, in America, right? We need to make sure he actually gets convicted. But he is out of West Hollywood. Likely. His landlord has put an eviction notice finally. The the people that live in that apartment are finally free of all of his negative energy and intimidation. And he was a horrible, horrible Yes. yes. totally my bad for putting this in the Jesus Weep section. Yeah. The wife wrote, I want to cover... The real the L word coming back. That's me saying, "Yay, the L word is coming back," and I didn't know where to put that. And Ed Buck and I assumed, based on what I knew of him, that Jesus was weeping over that situation. But for me, there's it, some with light that here. Situation, the fact that it took, you know, oh, two yeah. and a half someone by, to so escape. many victims for anything to be done. That was the weeping, and it just always upset me and reminds me when someone gets away with murdering an African American, like. Mm-hmm. Like two, like how much is a black life worth? You know, that's what's a, what's upsetting. It's like it has less value. Then one more point I want to make before you cut me off because you like to cut me off. No, there was a serial killer. Um, I saw a trailer for I forgot what show it was about, like the world's most notorious serial killer. Mm-hmm. And then I went Google, um, and this guy had ninety eight victims. Over decades. And I was like, how did this guy get away with 98? And then I was like, oh, they're black victims. And they were. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of aligned with me the same thing. I I feel you. We'll we'll move on to a lighter topic. Jesus may or may not be weeping over this. This is up for, for debate. But the Internet seems to be pretty upset about it. 
There is a a new version of the alphabet song. You all know the alphabet song, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sing it for me, Miss Petty. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P. Okay, yep. So Miss <laughs> Petty stopped at the L M N O P part because this new version of it, and our fantastic friend, podcast producer Josh, will drop this in for us. A B C D. version, the LMNOP is super slow. And the whole idea, the thought behind it is any kid, when you're trying to teach them the alphabet, the LMNOP part gets completely lost. Mm -hmm. So I think the internet's kind of like cursive, you know, where Mm. technically in some ways that alphabet song didn't actually serve us and a new version would be more beneficial, actually beneficial for kids. But the internet is really sad about it. And possibly Jesus is weeping over it. <laughs> what do you all think? Um, I think it, it was always cute to me when kids went and went NMNOP or whatever. But they so didn't because understand it was cute, it, it should saying, be like that. No, no, no. <laughs> I think we we gotta we gotta teach the children, educate them properly. They walking around can't enunciate like me. So we could kind of let this be <laughs> in the past. If remember when yeah. we when kids didn't know the LMNOP, but now we've sang it at a, p- a pace where they do. I like I like the old version, the original version, because it gave a um, a difference that was easier to remember for me. But mm-hmm. my mind may be different from other people's minds, and maybe kids' minds now are different. And why not? shift and try different ways of teaching. I think we need to do that across the board in our schools mm-hmm. in so many ways and and think of individual children rather than um, this is a teaching style and that's it. Because like, for example, um, some kids don't do well in the, you know, we have these SATs, but not all kids do well in that. That doesn't really is not a true measure of their intellect or potential. Right. Are you I'm bringing? A, hold on. I'm sorry, well. love. Just for one second. Okay. Are you bringing this up because of that lawsuit that was just came out today of somebody suing um, the higher education system? I don't know the specifics, but mm-hmm. somebody suing for uh, abolishing the SAT. Oh by no, saying, I didn't know that. Oh, that you just oh, happened yeah. to bring it up. Yeah. I honestly just learned it before I walked in here. We uh, at our office we did an embrace LA. I don't know what embrace LA is. You do. No. You're nodding. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know what it was, but we were talking about it's. There's a task force involved in addressing racial equity, and that was uh, one of the things that they were. Okay. Um, they just mentioned that is being done to help address racial inequity is people not being able to get to get to college because of the SAT score. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I just wondered if you had inside info about that, since everything I say, you know, the specifics, the names, right. who's involved. So I just I mean, here's, a, here's the thing, just thinking about it, um, in order to do well in the SATs, your parents got to cough up a bunch of money. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. To have you take a class so you learn how to take the SAT. Mm-hmm. That in itself. Um, Considering the income disparities uh, within different races uh, makes one uh, race, the white race, more advantageous than um, people of color, right? And families Mm -hmm. of color. And then on top of that, if you're very, very wealthy, um, 
many have, and now they've been in jail, uh, <laughs> paid <laughs> paid for their children to have fake scores. So that's uh, crazy. Yeah, on time test. I'm glad uh-huh. those people aren't aren't going to jail. It's just Serena drama. Day. There's been drama around that too with athletes. Um, where I come from. And there were a couple athletes who got to take untimed tests and mm-hmm. probably got some help. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to be able to play sports. Think <laughs> about sport. it. How does George W. Bush? Uh, how did even, he get into How college? did he get into? Yeah, an you Ivy know League, his dad pays for people. Trump mm-hmm. too, actually. Love you. We're gonna say something before I stop you. Know you remember what it was? College. I don't want to mess up your flow. Are we gonna talk about the L word? Do you want to talk about the L word? Are you a fan don't let me stop your flow. Initially, I was weeping that I, this god awful show. I feel like okay. we should officially deem this as your confession. You seem like you're about to make a confession about. No, I'm about to talk about the show. So I was, I'm just saying, let's let's. Do you have a confession for the month? Okay, I'll leave it at that. So time. let's let's make it your confession. We still talking let's about say, education. Let's say that this say is my I confession. Somehow scored yes. fairly well on on like standardized tests. I have a few certifications. Or if you asked me to do what I was tested to do in that area, I probably couldn't do it. But I know how to take a test. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Like, I can logically reason Mm -hmm. between answers. And then I can remember, like, certain questions. Because sometimes you could take hits from a previous question to answer the next question. And then I'll just, like, go back through the test. It's kind of like gaming it. And then, like... because you're good at stuff like that. That makes perfect sense. Like, you see a pattern... Yep. You see a pattern. I get okay. that. You are somebody who sees the world in patterns, which is why you are a web developer. It works out very well for Dude, you. Dude, I'm a mobile engineer now. So it's <laughs> it sounds like you have a confession about the L word that you are dying to share. So share your your confession, Sister so Penny. So initially I was upset that this god-awful show was coming back on the air. I thought the writing was horrible. And at some point I wanted half of the characters to die off. That's you know, pretty serious. I to want like Jenny. lesbians that live in LA to just want them to be killed off. I didn't it's like not Jenny like either, Sons of Anarchy. But I think she died at the end. She did yes. die at the end. And like, who cares who killed Jenny? But there were just some annoying characters That's true. on that, that show. That last season was pretty horrific. Well, it wasn't very diverse either at yeah. all. That's it a good point. Well, good there was Beth, but. Yeah. I that mean, was, yeah, that's what she had. Oh, and Tasha, her sister, her sister. yeah, um, Pam Greer, Pam Greer, yeah, who had questionable acting. and diverse, not just in. Ethnicities and but also uh, the spectrum of uh, masculine feminine. Absolutely, you know, that Tasha they, was the only. Yeah, the only, which is so. It was that, to me. It did not feel representative <laughs> well, of lesbian Shane life. Was, what androgynous? But I wasn't living yeah. in L.A. and yeah. I can see how if you're like. And also only, body types. I yeah. mean, let's get real. It, it, was it seemed to be, and, and what I've now working in TV, I've learned that Eileen Shaken basically based it off of her own friends. It was her life. Right. And so, like, as as a writer myself, I get that you tell your story. So she was telling her truth, and that was the truth she was living in her West Hollywood um, privileged life. Well, she, well, the new one is supposed to be more diverse. Yeah. And I saw that. I got very excited seeing the premieres. Bet is single. Yes. I love that. She's literally that. my favorite. But she was the, I think, like one of the first, I mean, she's a mixed race lesbian. Yep. And as a mixed race lesbian, I think she was the first one on television. And, and she was like a fierce mixed race lesbian. Mm-hmm. Like that time that she 
drove up to her boss's house and snapped on him. I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, bet I would never do that. But I secretly wish that I had the balls to be able to do something like that. Yep. So it was just like bet was literally my hero yep. at, in my early 20s. And it was so great to have her on television being my hero. And she's running for office now. Yes. I love that. Episode. I was like, Mayor, oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. I, when, I, when that L word was out, I was also watching Queer as Folk mm-hmm. like at the same time. And I was just like, man, this is... For some reason, Queer as Folk was much a much better show to me mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the diversity of characters. You had a guy with the drug issues. Really? You had a guy that couldn't get a date. I think you they know? just had less annoying characters. So you cannot call Queer as Folk diverse by any means. I would say diverse. I mean, in terms of, like, at least they were going through some things, no? I don't. I, okay, I think diversity I was not the right folk. word to use in, in a description <laughs> right, of queer not racially folk. diverse. Or any kind of diversity. And yeah. also did not, I'm not really I'm not woke, y'all. Like it felt very it's so funny that they were they were you know, you had so many cisgendered men, straight men playing these characters mm-hmm. where like to me, Brian never felt authentic to me mm-hmm. as a gay man. Um I d I can't I'm not knocking the actor, but it was very mm-hmm. much it never Felt authentic really? to me. Okay, I don't know. Maybe it's how I roll. Well, Queer's Folk was uh, out before the L word, and that in itself was just amazing because it was really the first time we were. Yeah, it was a really big deal. Gay sex on a show, yes. and uh, the dramas, and then the one lesbian couple, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Um, Melanie, Melanie. Yeah, yeah, Michelle Clooney played her. Um, and so that was great. And then when the L word came out, it was kind of like, this is the first time ever that we are having a show about queer women. Mm -hmm. So even though there was a lot of problems, it's still amazing that, that we had that. And we still haven't had it. Like there was nothing in between, which is why the reboot is so needed today. Exactly. And I like Noah's arc too with that also terrible writing. Did you see Noah's Noah's arc? arc was great. I mean. (laughs) That writer was so. Terrible yes. writing and acting. Yes. Oh my god! Working <laughs> in TV development, I'm pretty sure like I got pitched, pitched the writer, and I just it's to me it's it's indicative of the fact that this person could have been a showrunner of his own show. And regardless of how I feel about Noah's Ark, this man should have been able to get staffed on another show at some point. And I feel like the challenges that the creator has had in really forging his own path in this industry is indicative of the challenges that are inherently built into it. Yes. So for my confession this month, we were talking before we pit record on the podcast about how I don't really like Instagram and social and Twitter. And it's not like, it's definitely, it's me being an old person of, I I think Facebook came out when I was still in in my early twenties and it was an easy thing. I made the transition from MySpace to Facebook but the Instagram, Twitter, everything that came after that, I had a really hard time jumping on the bandwagon. And now that I have two million brands of Spirit Uncensored and Drunken Church Ladies and my Reverend Karen Frost brand and my um, TV executive brand, um, I'm building a brand as a speaker. I really need to do a much better job with these two things, but I don't like it. Please. And so my <laughs> wife does the vast majority of my social media. She ha- what I did today, because I'm I'm a guest star on the podcast, um, Not Real Art. Scott Power was on our podcast a couple months mm-hmm. ago, and so I was on his. Nice. And I posted it on my personal Facebook page because I'm very comfortable posting things for myself on Facebook. But Instagram and Twitter, I don't know mm-hmm. what to do. And so I texted my wife and my cousin 
this is what's happening. Please post this on my behalf and left it alone. So that's, that is my confession. Awesome. You have a confession for us, Seppi? I know I just threw this at you at the last second. Uh, sure. I, um, I also am not a fan of Twitter. Mm. And I think what created a block for me, because before I used to do, uh, I used to tweet because uh, I would have consistent, um, I still sometimes post quote of the days. Uh, through that. my yeah, they're inspirational quotes uh, through my healing. See, that's something practice. as a reverend I should be doing, and yeah. I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Yeah. But then after Trump uh, shifting <clears throat> and changing the entire culture of Twitter, I just kind of got so turned off by it, and mm. I I don't tweet as much. I actually do like Instagram um, and Facebook, <clears throat> and I and I've been meaning to just sit down and think. Okay, how can I um, what type of messaging can I consistently send out on Twitter that would be engaging? And it's really, I haven't come up with it yet. So, yeah. I feel you. It is challenging. <clears throat> I do like Instagram a lot. Um, this is a confession. This is not how you feel about Instagram and Twitter, my love. But <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you what it is time for. Our saints and sinners. And I'm going to hit us off. I'm going to start with my center. Cut me off. I'm going to start with my center because you are off on some randomness. So my center for the month. You was talking about Twitter. I had a Twitter comment. My center for the <laughs> month is L.A. News. Um, there are, they, I feel like fires and car chases the are the only, yes, the whole news. Just on this podcast right here, I have learned more about my own community having a conversation with Seppi than the news will ever tell me. I don't know anything about who that Jackie, like I had to ask you who Jackie was. Mm. I have no way. I shouldn't say I have no way. I probably could read the LA Times or if do the things, whatever it is that Seppi does where she knows things. You know, I Twitter. could be doing those things. <laughs> but the, like, that's what TV news is supposed to be for, is to inform me about my community. That's what Twitter And knows, it's very clear that TV news in LA is just about entertainment and oh, has completely. nothing to do with actually informing the populace of what is going on. Well, I think across the board, uh, news is meant to keep you in fear and create this illusion of the world rather than what's really happening. Um, It's not meant to awaken you or make you aware and and but I mean, it's to make money and people click on scary stuff. For me, coming from Chicago, even though Chicago is a place that talks about who got shot or whatever, (laughs) that's always the top story is how many people got shot that day. But they really do. Like I knew who my local officials were and I understood mm-hmm. the race like Chicagoans are very engaged nice. in local politics and part of it has probably has to do with the fact that the snow removal is a really big deal and when you elect somebody that does not get rid of the snow ah. it is a problem but mm-hmm. there are things like that you know there there is a whole issue with um, equity like we were talking about before there's a huge issue with segregation and um, black neighborhoods in Chicago are consistently mm-hmm. really holding elected officials accountable for the lack of resources that are going into those communities. So that stuff mm-hmm. is being covered by local media. And in L.A., I don't see that at all. I see these mm-hmm. conversations happening in the streets at the bar. And right. like the fact that I'm getting more information at the bar in West Hollywood than on television news to me is really mm. problematic. So that is why. All of LA News is my center for the month. Got it. The whole news. The whole news. Who's your center, Miss Petty? Mm, who was my center? You still thinking about it? 
Should yeah, we move on to Seppi? Seppi, yeah. do you have a center in the Yes. Uh, Kenny Heslep. All right. Tell me who that is. Hey. See, learning so much from this episode. Sure. So Kenny Heslep is Congresswoman Katie Hill's abusive husband who has completely in, and entirely ruined her life as well as potentially the lives of thousands of people who have were benefiting from her being in Congress. Um, he's what, done this what, by... Um, what uh, area was she representing? CD25, so... Is that in California? Like, honestly, I don't is, know anything. Yes. So she, first of all, is the, was the first... She was part of the blue wave we had last November. Mm-hmm. Um, a young 30... Well, she was 30... Thir, thir, she's 32 now at 31. She flipped a very red district that was... Um, basically uh, led by a man named Steve Knight. And before that, his father, they were both very anti-LGBTQ, very conservative Republicans, mm-hmm. include Simi Valley, Santa Clarita, San Fernando Valley. So that entire strip mm-hmm. um, is CD25. And so we all worked very hard to get her into Congress and we were able to flip that that last remaining red district uh, to blue, and it hadn't been Democratic for many, many, many years. So um, she's also the first bisexual woman um, in the House. Amazing. So her husband, she and her husband were going through a divorce. And she's, by the way, she was very loved by a lot of people. There was so much Mm. enthusiasm for her. We all adored her. Her husband released revenge porn pics to... Red State, which is a far right news media Mm -hmm. of her. So they had a polyamorous relationship with a woman. Mm -hmm. And then they she hired the woman to be part of her campaign. Mm -hmm. She was a campaign aide. Mm -hmm. And so it was not an affair. And everybody Mm -hmm. keeps calling it an affair. Mm -hmm. It was a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes. So she was divorcing him and she stopped seeing the the, both of them, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he didn't like what she was offering him as far as in the divorce, this bitter divorce. So apparently he had hundreds of pictures of her nude with the girl, just taking all these pictures, private pictures, and he released them to the media. And that's considered revenge porn and it's illegal. Mm. And within literally one week, she just resigned a few days ago. Oh, that's so awful. I was going to cover that in Jesus Weep, and I didn't for for time reasons. So I'm glad that you brought it up anyway. Mm-hmm. So he's the center of the month. And, I yeah. I appreciate it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you for um providing the information, Seppi. Because like I said, I am in the dark, and my LA News is not covering that story. But something is on fire, and I can see the smoke on TV. I can turn on the TV and watch them tell me about the smoke. Right. So I have a center now. Yes. So... I got dressed up and thought I was cute today in my matching outfit. And one of my coworkers yelled out, hey, do you have old scrubs? And I was so upset because I, I checked myself out in the mirror. You said I look cute in this outfit. So I, was, I have a little strut going. And he was just being an asshole. So he's my center. All right. Aww. My saint. Is, is someone from work myself. I'm glad that you, your center is from work and my saints is from work. Um, my the, the head of TV at our company has been 
an incredible, incredible mentor for me. And I mentioned earlier that I didn't make it to my 10 a.m. meeting. The fact mm. that I did not make it to my 10 a.m. meeting and he was wholeheartedly supportive about it, that's not an experience that is common in mm-hmm. entertainment at all. Yeah. And so to not have to, like, that's why I was able to have a really lovely conversation with my wife because I wasn't worried lovely. about the shit that I was about to hit the fan about me coming in the office later. Like we communicated via text message. And, you know, anytime I ever go above and beyond, he supports me. There was one time that one time that I worked late and he brought me a case of White Claw the next day because I had mentioned that I'd been looking for White Claw at the store. He listens to me. He he. Yesterday he gave me his old Apple TV because I'd mentioned that I didn't have an Apple TV. Nice. He gives me the best presents, Mm -hmm. which is interesting to say in front of my wife, but I promise you he does. Mm -hmm. No, But we spend eight hours a day together. So he sees me more than anybody ever, and he's just incredibly supportive. This Embrace LA event that we I just came from at work, you know, he said, can I sit next to you? And it's just like, yeah, of course you can sit next to me. But thinking about how we spend all day together, Mm -hmm. and he still always just wants to be next to me. Like, he is my buddy, my hero. He helped... Um, me craft my pilot. So I've got a pilot that I've been going out with and he gave me notes on every draft and has really taught me so much and is wholeheartedly supportive of my career, which is just, all of this is incredibly uncommon in entertainment as well. So I just wanted to really gush over my gratitude, um, uncensored gratitude, gratitude uncensored, gratitude uncensored for my boss. Nice. For me, my saints are my family members that came to visit recently. Um, And just like a lot of families, we have a level of dysfunction. Hmm. So for us to be able to be in the same area for five days. um, I should have given her mama a saint. Because the fact that I could smoke in the backyard with my brother-in-law and she had no problem with it. Nice. That is something. I mean, she had a problem okay, with it. Okay, well, she didn't say it to my face. Minus the judgment of the potheads. Uh, I just appreciate that the trip went exceptionally well, far better than I could ever imagine. And me, my mom, and my brother haven't been in the same house like that in decades. Mm. So the fact that we all stayed together. Oh, I just put my age out there. The fact that we all stayed together and just didn't have a problem is just astounding. Like, I had no idea. I was prepared. I was like, you know, I'm glad I've been meditating and everything. But there was not a single argument or anything. You are so right. And I, one morning I woke up. My brother-in-law was outside grilling ribs, grilling Arkansas ribs. My mother-in-law was sweeping the leaves in the back patio and our cousin was doing dishes. So it's like having people from the South in your house Uh is the best. They were literally amazing house guests. I I was I was saying, come back anytime you want. We we went to uh, the ocean and just (laughs) stared at the ocean for a good hour. And it's like only people from the South will do stuff like that with you that will want to come to L.A. and just look at the ocean and hang out in the backyard and grill. Amazing. Yes. Awesome. Who is your saint, Seppi? Um, this week, and I'm gonna keep it you two were both very um personal. We're both. I'm gonna keep it political. All right. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Venman, 
who is a decorated Purple Heart veteran and was appointed by Trump to, I believe, the National Security Council, who testified before Democrats this week during the impeachment inquiry and told the truth about the conversation that Donald Trump had with Ukraine and basically filled in the 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 truth in the transcript that uh, the administration had released, which was taking out big components that showed that there was quid pro quo in that conversation. And this has just strengthened the impeachment mm. um, uh, uh, train even stronger. So he's incredible. I love that I learned so much mm-hmm. about politics by you just being here. I really appreciate it. So our spiritual affirmation of the month comes from T-shirts that Sister Petty bought for us. Awesome. It says, inhale the good shit, exhale the, the bullshit. I'll say it one more time. <laughs> inhale the good shit, exhale the bullshit. I feel like this is the best way to live... <sighs> A hashtag gratitude uncensored (laughs) experience to really truly enjoy life by inhaling what needs to be known and releasing the the saints or releasing the sinners of our lives. Inhaling the sinners, releasing the saints. I'm saying this so backwards. Obviously, I'm drinking. (laughs) This This is why a drinking podcast does not work out very well sometimes. Not all the time. So we invite you all to use our hashtag Gratitude Uncensored this month to celebrate yourself of inhaling the good shit and exhaling the bullshit. Share ways that you are experiencing gratitude or if you've got a fun uncensored affirmation pertaining to gratitude, we would love to see that hashtag Gratitude Uncensored. And don't forget to show your gratitude on Giving Tuesday. Yes, Spirit Uncensored would love your donations. (laughs) And I want to be super clear. Spirit Uncensored is is not only run... By me and the wife and our board, but we basically pay for it all too. It's all, mm. most of it's done out of pocket. We are, our audience are people who are, who have lower economic status and, mm. and we aren't really bringing, getting the donations to support the organization. But we believe that having an interfaith organization that teaches love as a religion is important regardless of who can afford to show up. Um, so it, we would love your donations to keep us going and so that we can do things like pay musicians um, outside of our own pockets. And, you know, it's it's supporting artists and giving people an opportunity to have an uncensored space to express their own experience of spirituality. I'm going to tweet y'all my cash app, <laughs> my personal cash app. Spirituncensored.org uh, is where you can find <laughs> all this is stuff. Coming up. So we're going to close out with a hymn that is actually a hymn. It's not just a pop song. It is really, in some ways, a hymn. It's kind of newer, but it's by Hezekiah Walker, and it's called Grateful. And I'm probably going to be singing it by myself because this this song is a song that I've used to get me through the hardest times in L.A. Every time that I'm experiencing heartache, trouble, this is a song that I listen to on blast because I feel what? like— what? I don't hear you play. I don't. Song. I play it in my headphones without okay. you. I do it at work. I do <laughs> like I take walks at my lunch break. Um, yes, back when it took me two years to get a part time job in entertainment in mm. LA, 
that I would go to the beach and listen to the song on repeat. So this wow. is this is the song that I use to get me out to help inhale the good shit and exhale the bullshit. Yes. Maybe it is a song that can help all of you. So here I go. But feel seriously, feel free to join in. I am grateful for the things that you have done. Yes, I'm grateful for the victories we've won. I could go on and on and on about your works. Feel free to dance because I'm grateful, 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 so grateful to praise you, Lord. Flowing from my heart are the issues of my heart. My heart's gratefulness. Gratefulness. Yeah, yeah. So I, I invite you to listen to this. And Thank it says, has this part where it goes, grateful, 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 just over and over <laughs> again. And hearing that helps me really resonate this feeling of gratitude in my soul, moving energy. And even though I'm not a Reiki healer of any mm-hmm. kind, I am grateful for sitting in that energy of gratitude and transforming myself and my body by using this song. Mm-hmm. So I invite you to do all of that. And and invite you to attend Spirit Uncensored in real life. We are now at the highest center for spiritual living in Pasadena. I love them. I'm so grateful that we moved. Grateful, 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 grateful. So join us on King. Join us on the second (laughs) Sunday of the month at 4:30. Our last fourth Sunday um, in November is taking place. We're not going to do four Sundays anymore. So November will be the last fourth Sunday. And we're doing a burning bowl. So we are mm. releasing mm-hmm. the bullshit and claiming the good shit oh, on look. November 24th at 4.30 at the Haya Center for Spiritual Living. So please join us. Anything else you want to say? Follow us, Spirit Uncensored, Drunk In, Rev Karen Frost on all things. Seppi, you want to throw out some... Social media tags, people can find sure. you. Sure. So I also want to say I'm running for West Hollywood City Council again. Yay! For the yes. November 2020 I wish I could election. Vote. We moved away. I wish I could vote. But we wholeheartedly support for Seppi. I ain't changed my address. I haven't changed my address. You sure haven't changed your address. My Twitter and Instagram are at Seppi Shine, and it's Shine with a Y. And my Facebook page is Seppi Shine for West Hollywood City Council. So please follow me. Um, you'll learn a lot and um, hopefully I can shine some light into your life. Yes. And if you know people who live in L.A., tell them to vote for her. And if you 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 don't live in L.A., you don't live in West Hollywood, specifically it's West Hollywood, Mm -hmm. uh, you still can. They can still donate, right? They can still donate. Um, Give it Tuesday. Tuesday. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. Your money spins. Hashtag gratitude uncensored. Peace out. It's so easy. It's so easy, 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 it